Today, we're gonna look at a certain mindset that is insidious and it really ruins homes. It ruins families, it ruins entire lives and entire cultures, in my opinion. It's a mindset that is so prevalent, you may not have ever even noticed that it was around, but today I'm going to help you to dispel it so that you can really immunize your family from this mindset and start to move away from something that is so very damaging to us, to our marriages, partnerships, friendships, family at large and especially to our children. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here at The Parenting Junkie. My name is Avital. I am a performance coach for parents. My goal is to help you to create family bliss. What does that mean? It means to create a life that you love to live and set your family up for success so that parenting doesn't feel like one long chore and one exhausting sleep deprived journey, but instead something that you really take great pleasure and pride in. Uh, I'm also the mother of four, we homeschool, and uh, I really like to blend lots of different philosophies that I learn from, whether it's psychology, spirituality, business mindset, uh, fitness mindset, all sorts of different things that I like to read and study and apply them to the world of parenting. The show notes to today's episode can be found over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 68. And there you'll find any links or anything that I mention here. And I do want to say that this particular episode is sponsored by my very own course, Focus Time. If you are considering homeschooling, but you're not sure how you're going to do it, you're worried about how you'll do it if you're not qualified, if you're not a teacher, if you are a teacher, how many hours a day it will take, how to handle different siblings' needs at once, how to do it in a way that preserves your relationship and that also protects your children's curiosity, then I have something wonderful for you over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash focus time. It's a three-hour course. It costs $48 and you can binge it in one day, it will set you up for success with homeschooling. Let me tell you, when I first started homeschooling, I spent a lot of tears and stress and keeping me up at night, wondering if I was doing it wrong, what would I need, and tons of money down the drain on all sorts of curriculums and Montessori manipulatives that we never ended up using. I really want better for you. I want you to leapfrog over my years of frustration. I've really pulled together a lot of the resources, the links, the actual curriculums that we do use, uh, and how we in fact stay up to standard on Common Core standards in less than an hour a day and with very little stress. So if that's of interest to you, go over to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash focus time. I also want to thank you so much for your reviews and for all the wonderful DMs and comments I get on Instagram. Guys, I love connecting with you. It is the main joy and fulfillment of this work that I do. So thank you so very much for telling me when my work impacts you in some small way. It means the world to me. Today, we're going to be talking about a big problem, a terrible, awful, very not good problem that is plaguing homes all over the world today. And if it sounds like I'm exaggerating, I'm not sure that I am. The problem that is plaguing us is blame mindset. Blaming. Blaming. Listen, we live in a culture that loves 
blaming. We love witch hunts. We love burning people at the stake. We love public shamings. We love, you know, discovering scandals. We love to find the culprit, to find the one responsible. We love to simplify. It's a very herd mentality. It's a very old mentality to simplify complicated problems and find someone, someone to take the blame and to suffer for everybody's sins. We really like this idea that there should be you know, uh, uh, a hunt uh, to track down and evidence and search and find this the, the source that led to this problem so that they can be punished, so that there will be revenge. You know, this is a culture of liability, of suing people, a mentality of trying to get back at someone when something bad happens, a mentality of revenge and of righteousness. I saw this very clearly a few years back when there was a really sad incident at the Cincinnati Zoo. A mom was there with her four-year-old and somehow this child managed to scale a four-foot wall, I think, sorry, a 10-foot wall. He was probably about four foot. Um, No, he was short. He was four years old. He scaled a 10-foot wall into a gorilla's cage and gorilla's kind of enclosement. And he got into the gorilla's cage. He actually, some strangers had heard him say to his mom, mom, I'm going to go in the gorilla's cage. And she was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, she carries on walking. Uh, She's not noticing what he's doing. Within minutes, she she turns around and she starts hearing the screaming of the crowd and her child is inside the gorilla's cage. And gorillas are pretty uh, peaceful animals. And to begin with, he was fine. But the crowd started roaring and agitating this poor gorilla who eventually actually grabbed the child and started dragging the child through the water. At which point the zookeepers decided, okay, this is gonna, this could be dangerous. And they killed the gorilla, which is so sad and really tragic to lose, uh, uh, that an animal died, uh, you know, to save a human's life. But It was what needed to happen in order to save this child's life. And of course, there's lots of mixed accounts. People who said they didn't have to do that. People said they did. I don't know. Um, And, you know, I have my own problems with zoos to begin with. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think... uh, I question the validity of holding an animal in a cage just for human entertainment to begin with. I'm not a big patron of zoos myself. Um, However... It happened. So let's put that stuff to one side. This was a really tragic and sad thing. And, you know, thank God the child came out safe. um, And unfortunately, the gorilla did not. And that is a really sad outcome. Perhaps not as sad and tragic as it might have been. Um, And, you know, people made the decisions that they had to make in that moment. There's a lot of sadness and certainly a lot of, um, you know, outrage that the cage was designed in a way that a child could get in, um, etc. What really struck me about this story was the uh, unbelievable outrage and blame mentality towards this mother. Um, There was a call of... A revenge for Hambre, that uh, Harambi, Harambi uh, was the gorilla's name, and they, you know, they they gathered a petition, and within 24 hours, they had about 8,000 signatures of people saying that there should be legislate legislative action against these parents. They should be sued um, because they have, you know, this gorilla's life on their hands. Um, and 
you know, that really struck me. I had just moved to the US and I was a little bit new to this suing culture and this culture of blame. And, you know, I know it it happens around the world, but I had never seen it in this kind of way. And it really struck me the lack of understanding, the lack of compassion that, you know, four-year-olds behave in crazy ways sometimes. Um, Parents get distracted sometimes. It is undesirable and impossible for us to constantly supervise a four-year-old when we're walking in the zoo. You know, we're going to look away for a second and drink a sip of water. And if it happens to be this crazy, unlikely, bizarre situation where our four-year-old can can slip into a cage and we have that kind of kid, it could happen to anyone. It could happen to anyone. We are not perfect robot creatures. Mistakes happen. And sometimes to catastrophic results. That is sad, but that is the reality of life. And my question is, how does the blame help? How does the blame culture help? Now, are there situations where legally someone has to take responsibility and pay for something? Of course there are. Um, I'm not actually talking about that. I'm not actually talking much about the legalities. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not qualified to speak about it. Um, I feel like that too has gone way overboard. Certainly there are situations where people have to take responsibility for their actions. They have to apologize. Maybe there are situations where people aren't safe and they need to be, you know, put in prison or whatever it is. I'm not saying there aren't. What I want to talk about is the culture and the mindset of looking for blame in every situation as though that somehow helps. Yeah, sometimes rarely, sometimes it does, but rarely. Uh, Most of the time, doesn't that feel like a very uncomfortable, tense, frightening uh, culture to be a part of, where each of us has to look over our shoulders and make sure we're not going to get blamed for something, for a mistake, for a human error that can easily be made by anyone. Here's the problem with blame culture, and I'm going to now bring it down into our homes, okay, because we do this in our homes. Our children are fighting with each other. Who started it? Who had it first? Who hit her first? Who hit who first, Right? Uh, you know, uh, our partner does, you know, make some mistake. It was your fault. I told you. You shouldn't have done that, right? We are very quick to blame within our families. We're also quick to blame ourselves, right? Oh, I suck. I'm not good enough. I made it such a terrible mistake. I'm messing up. But here's the problem. The number one thing with blame, um, not the number one thing, but one of the things about blame is that nobody likes to be blamed, And so blame always, but 100% of the time, triggers defensiveness. When we say to our partner, it's your fault, or this is because of you, or when we say to our kids, you started it, no, you started it, it was your fault, you shouldn't have done that. We never get anywhere, right? Does someone turn around to us and say, you know what? You know, thanks for pointing that out. That really helps me grow and take responsibility. I realize now that I did have a part to play in this, a pretty big part. And I want to apologize and make amends. Is that what our kids say? Is that what our partners say? No, because blaming in most cases, unless someone is uber, super duper, extra mature and developed, which none of us are, (laughs) it leads 
to defensiveness. So the first thing that happens in their brain when we blame someone is they show all the ways they are not to blame. They show all the ways that it was not their fault. They actually shirk responsibility. They actually, you know, wash their hands clean of it and say, it wasn't me. Or they even just downright lie. They manipulate the information. No, she started it. No, it's not my fault. I wasn't there. I didn't touch it. I didn't know, right? And we just get into excuses. So it's a very ineffective way of helping to figure out the origin of a problem is by blaming someone. The second problem with blaming in most cases is that it really simplifies the problem. It's a very immature uh, mindset because usually there are many complex reasons that something comes about. You know, in the case of the zoo, for example, yes, of course, the mother did look away. Okay, she did look away. That is her part in it. The mother did bring a child to the zoo. Yes, that is her part of it. Uh, an architect designed that in a way that had a floor that a gorilla could get in, uh, that a child could get into the gorilla cage, right? They were part of it. The crowds were yelling and screaming instead of staying calm, and they got the gorilla riled up, and they were part of it, right? Um, they're, they're, you know, someone decided to put a gorilla in the cage in the first place, and they were part of it. And everybody had a part to play there. It was not one person's fault. And that is an incredibly simplistic view of almost any problem. Almost any problem, including an argument between our kids, doesn't start because one bright sunny day, someone decides to do something wrong. That is a very rare an improbable situation that we'll ever come across in our lives. People don't just decide to do something wrong and to just hurt other people in most cases, especially, you know, the people that you love. That's not what they're trying to do. You know, your partner isn't trying to annoy you or to undermine you or to do something wrong. There are many different reasons that have led to them doing that. And part of it is you. Part of it is other people. Part of it is circumstance. Part of it is beyond our control. It's the weather, whatever. Things happen. Things happen in life. Things go wrong. We get lost on the highway and it's not because of me and it's not because of you and it's not because of the map. It just happened. You know, it's because of a lot of different things. I was distracted with the kids screaming and ways didn't refresh and then you took the wrong turn even though it told you not to. And so it all contributed to the situation. There's a great little comic strip that shows a family that's gotten lost, right? They've gotten lost, they're in the woods, they're in a car, and it says something like, okay, the first thing that we have to do is to figure out who's to blame. <laughs> and I love that comic strip because it's so true. You know, something bad has happened, something has gone off kilt, we've gone in the wrong direction. And the first thing we seem to do in this culture is to try and find someone to point a finger at. So, you know, how does this help us? How does this move us forward? Blame only makes everybody deflect, right? And say, it wasn't me. They just deflect it back. They now find reasons to blame you. And it's a cycle that never ends. It's so unhelpful. And that's the main thing I have to say about blame. It's just so unhelpful in our relationships with our loved ones. It's just really useless. I would like to be part of a family where people assume the benefit of the doubt. I want to be part of a family where people, when I mess up, and I will, and I do, when I mess up, people don't think that it's only my fault. People don't look uh, to go on a witch hunt and burn me at the stake. People don't try to find some reason to frame me or to catch me out. But people assume that, you know, a bunch of different circumstances led to this situation. I was tired. I was getting sloppy. Someone really annoyed me. Someone else forgot to do the thing. Someone said something there. And it led to my ultimate mistake that I made. 
Um, but I'm hoping that I can be part of a family that isn't trying to paint me badly. Don't you want that for you and your kids too? I mean, don't we want that for culture at large as well, where if I'm walking through the zoo and my four-year-old does slip into a gorilla cage, people feel sorry for me. People are empathic. People understand that anybody could be sipping a drink of water for a second and then look around and suddenly their kid is gone and that can happen. And that's terrible, but it can happen. And it doesn't mean that now we need to double down and become extra, extra, extra perfect, 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 you know, helicopter, censoring, careful parents about everything. It just means that that's the nature of life. It just means that there are things that are beyond our control. And when we try to control them, you know, they 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 will sneak up on us in, in other ways. It, 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 instead of trying to be perfect and trying not to make mistakes uh, so that we don't get blamed, how about we try to shift our culture into a culture that understands that there are mistakes, that mistakes are inherent, that failures are just growing opportunities, and that we don't look at, you know, at even catastrophic results as something that we need to spend any time lingering on blame about. Instead, we can do something very different. Instead of lingering on blame, we can develop a solution mindset, right? Instead of a blame mindset, solutions mindset, a solution-oriented mindset. The difference is this, a blame mindset is always looking backwards. It's going on archaeological digs. It's trying to find someone, one thing, one person to point the finger at, right? It's very localized. It's very much about everybody shirking responsibility except for this one source of blame, right? So if kids are fighting, it's about saying, well, you started it, so that's it. You have to give up on the toy. You have to, you know, be punished. You need to stand in a corner and suffer for your sins. And the rest of us are free. The rest of us have no part in this. The truth is we all have a part in it if there's a conflict going on. We all contributed to it somehow. We all can be part of the solution. When we have a solutions mindset, rather than looking backwards and rather than centralizing the problem to one person, we look forwards and we look for ways we can all contribute to the solution. What's next, right? What's next? Look, we can't bring a gorilla back from the dead, but what is next? Maybe we need to rethink the way these zoos operate. Maybe we need to rethink the way, uh, you know, the cage is designed or the way crowds behave or whatever it is, right? Maybe we need to be there to help each other. So, you know, when, when your partner does something that you're looking for blame, rather than looking for you did something wrong, how about we swing that around, okay, 180 degrees to the opposite direction and say, hmm, here is a problem. How can we solve it? It's not you're the problem. It's there's a problem. For example, we got lost, right? We're off the highway, lost in the forest, whatever. Here's a problem. We're lost now. Let's put our heads together and figure out how we can solve it. Because does it matter who got us here? In very rare, very small percent of cases, it just helps to figure out how the problem arises so that we can avoid that in the future. But usually we all have some sense of how the problem arises, and that's okay. And we can become aware of those things and we can certainly, you know, critique ourselves and critique each other if necessary. But really getting lingering on that problem it holds uh, holds us back. It doesn't help us move forward. So when we get lost, we want to look for a way out. When someone breaks something, we want to look for a way to fix it or replace it or protect it in the future. 
When someone hurts someone, we want to look for a way to help them to express themselves differently and to set clear boundaries with them so that they're not hurting that person anymore. When someone lets us down, we want to look for a way to be more clear about our needs and how we're going to get them met. Perhaps set realistic expectations and better communication. When we're late somewhere, it's not about saying, well, it's your fault because you got stuck on your phone or you didn't get up on time or whatever. It's not so helpful. Instead, we can say, I'm noticing that we're always late when, you know, we're often late when we have to get to church. And I find that frustrating. So let's put our heads together and figure out how at least those of us who want to be on time can be on time. When we look for solutions, there are millions of them. There are so many different variations. It's not limited. Blame is a very limiting mindset because we're looking for just that one thing to hang everybody's hat on, one hook to hang everybody's hat on. But uh, solutions-oriented is really broadening our perspective and looking for lots of different ways of looking at this situation. So here are some things you can do that are practical. One is you can say very explicitly, we don't blame in this family. There's no need to blame. So someone falls on the floor. You know, I've had this happen. Like my son will stub his toe on my chair that I'm sitting on and be like, it's your fault, right? The first thing I'll do is it's your fault because of how deeply ingrained this is. And I'll just say to him, you, you got hurt. And that I'm so sorry, you're hurt. Please don't blame me, right? There's no need to blame. Just not because I'm defensive about it, because there's just no need to blame, right? Or someone breaks something and, oh, you broke it. You're sad that it's broken. We don't need to blame. We don't need to blame. That's not helpful. I know that it was him who broke it, but he didn't do it on purpose. Or maybe he did, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we don't need to blame. Let's talk about the problem and let's talk about how we're going to fix it. Or let's empathize. And that's the second thing that I want to say is that when something bad happens... Perhaps our first response, instead of looking for blame, could be to develop empathy. Uh, No one wants something bad to happen, okay? No one wanted that child in the gorilla cage. No one wanted the gorilla to die. No one wants to have, you know, a fight or to break things or to let you down or to be late or to be messy or to be, you know, inconsiderate about household stuff. That's not what they want, Even if that's what's happening, even if those are the results, it's not like that was their intention. No one is setting out to annoy you. And even that child who's holding their hand up and they're going to hit their brother on purpose, that's not what they want, right? These behaviors, that the hitting, it shows that they're having a hard time with something, right? They're having a hard time voicing their frustration. They're having a hard time with jealousy over their sibling. They're having a hard time with managing their, regulating their emotions, and they need help. In other words, there's a problem that needs to be solved. And so what is needed in that case is not blame, but rather solutions. We need to look for solutions. And in order to look for healthy solutions, we need to first make a stop at empathy. We need to see that someone who's hitting or someone who's being late or someone who's letting us down or someone who's talking rudely to us is doing so because they have some kind of a problem. They have a challenge with being kind, with using their words, with regulating themselves, with getting up on time, with managing their time, etc. So they're having a hard time with that. No one wants to let people down. No one wants to disappoint. No one wants to hurt. They just don't have the skills or the ability or the access to whatever it is that they need in order to perform well in this particular arena. So the first thing I said was developing a we don't blame 
right? Let's not use blame. Please don't blame. The second one is developing empathy as our go-to. Something bad happened? Okay, let's understand that no one wanted that to happen. So everybody's having a hard time here and we care about that. Like, you know, your partner lets you down because, I don't know, they're late to do something. Wow, like that must mean you're so distracted at work or you must be really stressed about our finances or you must be really tired after the night you had. I'm sure you didn't mean to let me down. No one wants to do that. I just, I can see that if you're in that state where you're yelling at our kids, you must be having a really hard time. You must be um, feeling stressed. And then we want to look for solutions. That's number three, is that we want to move from uh, the blame to the brainstorm, right? To, okay, what do we do next? How do we make sure this doesn't happen next time? How do we learn from this? How do we not waste this blaming someone, but instead turn it into a growth opportunity? How do we instead actually use this situation as a lesson, as the best type of lesson? Failures are the best type of lessons. Mistakes are the best types of lessons, but only if we choose to learn from them. So how do we make them a lesson that we actually are then going to grow from, right? Okay, I noticed that when this and this happened, we blew up in a massive argument. How can we do it better next time? How can we learn from this? How can we find solutions to this problem? When we look for solutions, no one needs to get defensive because we're all on the same team. It's us against the problem. It's all of us don't want that result and all of us do want a good result. So how can we team up together against the problem? Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste. Namaste.